Welcome to the British History Podcast. My name is Philippa Lacey Brule and I want to extend a warm welcome to you. If you are new here, hi, thank you for joining. And if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. In this podcast, we explore all sorts of things that have gone on in British history. We look at people, we look at events, we look at outcomes and perhaps look at them from a different perspective than usual. If you would like to support me in this free podcast, this podcast will always remain free, but if you would like to support me, then you can head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash British history. And you can choose the tier there that would suit you best, starting from any £3 a month just for your kind support. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm live. I'm streaming live on Instagram and I'm streaming live on YouTube. Hi, welcome to everyone. It's Thursday Tea Time Live and um, we've got lots to get through today. Lots more history stuff, history in the news. Welcome, Duran, Jenna, I can see joining Romance Victorians. Hi, Will Pride. Um, I have got a bit of a cold. So my tea today is in fact a blackcurrant lemon sip. So excuse my heavy breathing and, well, potentially we'll get a bit of a sexy rasp going on. But um, if that doesn't happen, then uh, hopefully we don't get blowing noses. Uh, Let me just make sure all of my things are on. Yes, cool. So thank you for joining me live, everyone. Thank you for joining on the catch up. And thank you also if you're listening on the podcast. Hi, Epson 1959. Good afternoon. Yes, I missed last night's history after dark. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll explain a bit more. Um, it's not very interesting. It basically entailed me, my nose, and a and a full box of tissues last night. I honestly, I don't think I could have um, spoken to you for about five minutes without <laughs> being interrupted by a sneeze or the requirement to blow my nose. So hopefully today we will do a lot, lot better. I'm just a bit breathy. So. We're going to talk today, history in the news, got some history anniversaries to talk about. I'll tell you when I'm um, about the next few lives that we've got coming on. We've got the winner of Tracy's book, which I'm going to announce later. Um, And of course, we have the just for fun question, which I set you last week. I'll give you the answer to that one. And then we will, um, I will set you a new one as well. So let's get going. How are you all anyway? Hi, Janice down in uh, East Sussex. Um, I'm a Korean Shikab. Good afternoon. Lisa, I am on YouTube. I should be on YouTube. Yes. Tell me if it's not working. That would be um, that would be um, useful. Jenna, so from, yeah, environmental allergies. Spring is torture. Yes, I'm, I thought there were allergies. I, it, it, Anyway, <laughs> go into it. But I seem a bit more prone uh, at certain times of the year, and I used to be like not prone at all. So um, I need to get a grip of it. It's uh, it's highly annoying, and uh, being self-employed not useful whatsoever. And especially as someone who talks uh, and gets on camera for a lot of the week. Um, yes, right. So I am also streaming on YouTube. I hope that it is um, coming through okay. If you are watching on YouTube, if you could put me a comment in the comment box, that would be really useful. If you're watching on Instagram, send me some hearts. I can see some hearts coming up. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, and and comment and say hi as well if you haven't already, because I, I really like to see um, see you all. And, and I know a lot of you we're spread out now aren't we we're so spread out and I, I just I love that we've got um usually got India and Rio ah Lisa hi good 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 I'm glad I'm on um <laughs> do, do you watch for like you got like double screening me um yeah we've got people from Rio and Australia and obviously America and and England and all over so if you're um in somewhere different to that as well let me know because I'm really interested um so before I begin again thank you for joining me live thank you for joining on the catch-up and a big thank you to all of you who support me through other ways you buy me a coffee thank you especially this week um to Leah and Ian Armstrong who bought me a coffee thank you so much um all my patrons 
I'll talk to you about what's live in Patreon today. So something's gone live in there today. The YouTube members as well. Thank you so much. Um, and also anyone who buys any of my merch or any of the books from Amazon as well that I recommend because that all helps me as well. Now this week, I started off the week with another one of my hobbies. So history, obviously, is, is a massive passion of mine. Music is the other one. Oh, Romance Victorians out there in the Philippines. Fantastic. Hi. Um, music is my other passion. In fact, like, I'm interested to know, actually, because history isn't, if it's your um, hobby, is it your only hobby? Does it totally take over your life or what else are you into? So, so mine is music. And I started off this week, Sunday night, seeing Elkie Brooks. Do any of you know Elkie Brooks? You should know Elkie Brooks live in Birmingham. So, I mean, it was incredible for a few reasons. One, she is the first person I saw in concert when I was about 10 years old. And uh, she was on at Wolverhampton Civic. And my one of my, she was my next door neighbor and she was one of my bestest friends and she died about 20 years ago. Um, but she, she was going with a friend, the friend was ill. So she asked me if I would go and I went. So Elkie Brooks was the first person I ever saw live, other than my dad who had his own band. So I'd seen live music before, but, um, but Elkie Brooks was the first one. So seeing her again on Sunday, um, yeah, 30 years later, was quite incredible. Second, it's, you know, a big, ah, Romance Victorians, member of a choir and an organist. Well, don't, maybe does, does history and music go together? People tell me. Um, yeah, you know, just being out and, and at an event as well was just obviously after the last two years was incredibly emotional as well. So, um, yes, Janice, Elkie's voice is still absolutely there she's 77 years old she was 77 last Friday and I saw her Sunday and many people lose their voices as they get older not to any fault just you know it just happens I don't know that you can do a lot but she hasn't at all her voice is incredible it's so good and of course she did Pearls a Singer which I was just she did Nights in White Satin Purple Rain honestly if you've never listened to Elkie Brooks grab her on Spotify and have a look. Jenna, absolutely, music and history definitely go hand in hand. I think so. Seems that way, doesn't it? I'm just going to have a sip of my Lem sip. <laughs> mm. so, so that was a brilliant start to the week. When you go to Birmingham Town Hall, as well, this is something I want to um, mention. So it looks like a Roman um, pantheon. It, it, it's, it's, Obviously, that was the inspiration for the architecture. But inside, they have um, lots of um, information panels, I suppose you'd call them, with information about, about the history of the town hall. And one of the things that really caught my eye was they used to have 24-hour jazz festivals. Um, probably, ooh, I actually can't remember whether it was interwar or pre-First World War. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But what I found interesting was uh, the town hall, one that they had those, I thought were fantastic. There was, there was um, images of people who were sleeping during the 24 hours. So they'd have this 24-hour jazz festival. Hi, Em. They'd have this 24-hour jazz festival um, in the hall and then and people would be drinking, dancing and then having a snooze and then starting again, which I thought was fantastic. Um, but was but we're in the middle of, a, of an area that I, as far as I'm aware, has never been residential. And yet, guess what happened? People tried to shut it down. Oh, no, no. We don't want you having 24-hour jazz festivals. This must be this must be some evil be behind all of this. And it just it's it just you know occurred another example of there's always this sort of push when someone's doing when a group of people do something that another group want to stop them for whatever reason. It almost seems like a natural human thing. Janice, yes, my dad was a musician, and in fact, my dad is 80 and he only stopped singing 
that's it well actually he, he was about three years ago so he'd have been about 70 76 77 yep a rock and roll band um all i can ever remember him doing really okay oh, two knows wolverhampton civic <laughs> spent many a drunk night there <laughs> Well, I was only 10 when I went well, the, when, 10 when I went to see Elkie Brooks. I did go and see someone else there. Oh, my God, I can't remember who it was. But, yeah, I want to go and see more live music. Like I said, I grew up with it. So I was kind of spoilt, really, in that I just assumed it's it's always going to be around in my life, you know. And then And then I had children and you don't go out. <laughs> when they're little or it's much much harder to go out when they're little um and by the time they've sort of they've got older I've kind of got out the habit but live music is well and no actually pre-pandemic I decided I'm going to get out and uh and see some more music sorry everyone it must have been me um but yeah so then um so now it is a I'm on a mission I'm on a mission for music Orlando, welcome. Hi, I can see you joining from Rio. Glitterberg, welcome. 5457, welcome. Mm. So anyway, so yeah, Birmingham Town Hall. So so, so I had a little history lesson while I was there, while I was there enjoying Elkie Brooks live. She's touring as well. How fantastic. She's 77, she's touring. Honestly, brilliant. Look her up on Spotify if you don't know who we're talking about. You will find a treat. So that was very cool. That was very, very cool. Um, so let's talk about oh, Elements of Bray. Hi, welcome. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, oh, Joanne. It, luckily enough, to uh, land two tickets to support in Boston. Hmm? Excellent. Excellent. These are oh, just, I love, I love live music so much. Do you know, I'm, I'm a big Eagles fan. And when Glenn Fry died, I actually couldn't listen to the Eagles for a full 12 months. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> How weird is that? Um, now, for those of you watching on YouTube, I have a little um, I have a little treat. For those of you on Instagram, don't worry. It won't take away your uh, your experience either. But I, I, I've, I'm messing with a streaming service called StreamYard on um on YouTube, which allows me to share my screen. Now, ah, Joanne, also a fellow Eagles fan. They just, yeah. Um, so I'm going to share my screen to talk about two stories in the news that have come up in the <laughs> Abelwara looking for a wife. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> Not here, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, two stories that have come up in the news recently and I'm going to share my screen on YouTube on Instagram don't worry I will talk you through it as I would normally let's see if this even works anyway right let's give it a go oh okay so the first one is out today and it is the oh, I think it was out today although I've known about it for a little while and it's this um the port there's a portrait at Hever Castle so if you haven't seen this um, obviously those of you on YouTube can see this uh, on Instagram, have a little look later. Um, it's an image of Catherine. Well, it's been labeled as Catherine Park. It was thought to have been painted in 1530. And then, um, experts from the national, I don't know if it's national gallery or the national portrait gallery had a better look, had a bit of an analysis and realized it was actually, uh, painted a full decade earlier and therefore it wasn't Catherine Parr she'd have been way too young uh, as the sitter in this in this particular portrait it was in fact Catherine of Aragon so it's a portrait of Henry's first wife not his sixth wife and this portrait to my good friend Dr Owen Emerson is in this article in the Telegraph talking about it and um and has put it down to uh, the fact that history, uh, well, the fact that because Henry had a basic, had a type, <laughs> he had a type which he went off pieced with. Um, uh, I'm so sorry, people who are being proposed to in the comments on Instagram, <laughs> just ignore. I don't know. I'll ban him later. Um, 
so <laughs> uh, so yeah so you've got this this portrait of of Catherine Parr being mixed up with Catherine of Aragon um because he had this type so in other it in other words the portraits of the of the the wives can be mixed up because they have similarities they have light or red hair blue eyes except for Anne Boleyn um because he went a bit off there his no <laughs> Kristen sorry <laughs> nope um yes so anyway so there's this new uh so this this the portrait has been relabeled Catherine of Aragon at 1520 um and that is on it, it's on display at Hever and it's it's they've had a a shift round because they've got an exhibition called Becoming Anne Connections Culture and Court and that's on at Hever from uh, I think it's tomorrow um yes the 4th of March uh, <laughs> it's on from the 4th of March to November which is very very good news for my tour groups because I've got three tours going this year one we're staying at Hever for the entire time that is the Anne Boleyn tour in May and uh we're back for the life and times of Elizabeth I in July, and then back again in September for On Progress with Anne Boleyn. So all three of my tour groups are going to be able to be there while this exhibition is on. So that's very, very exciting. So anyway, so that's one of the stories. The other story that I wanted to talk about, let me see if I can get this up, everybody, is the mosaic that's been found in London. Have you have you seen this? It is incredible. So, so the there's, there's always construction work going on in London, as any of you who've uh, visited will know. And the um, sorry, the um, uh, so before you can do any 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 building work or whatever you have I think that's anywhere in the country now you have to have an archaeological survey so it's not um it's, it's not unusual for this for this to happen now in London there's actually what are they called the MOLA is a is a shortened uh, version the Museum of London Archaeology and they they do a lot of this work and they've discovered this incredible mosaic floor mosaic that um that I don't know, it must be one of the largest. I don't actually know whether they've said it's one of the largest. It's one of the largest that I've seen come up in the news. I mean, it, it, one of the archaeologists working on it has described it as the find of a lifetime. And if you ha if you see it, it's it, the colours, because it's been buried, obviously, the colours are um, really quite vivid. You've got reds and blues and, and obviously the creams or whites of, um, of, of the mosaic tiles. The motifs are lovely you've got flowers you've got um just patterns they probably mean something I'm sorry <laughs> I don't know um but really incredible and I think it might have been a dining room um in so in London it's actually in uh in Southwark so it's not the city of London it's just south well, south of the river to the city of London um which is interesting in itself so, you know, it looks like a, a nice posh villa, perhaps. Um, Lisa says, so well preserved mudslides covering history. Yeah, well, what I find incredible is how much this, how much earth is above everything. Like, is the earth expanding? <laughs> um, Philippa in a stupid questions. But we dig down to everything. Anyway, so, but that's, that was the other news story that I saw that I thought was amazing. I, I mean, I love Roman history. Any of you who've been watching for a while will know that I do, I do, I do love the Roman, Roman history. And it's 2000 years ago and you can see still, um, not just ruins, but the impact our road system, you know, our, our, many of our roads well, a lot of our roads still have the same route of the Roman roads from the major um, routes down to minor routes. Um, so the Roman impact, um, the Roman impact of the Roman occupation here uh, in Britain is, um, or England especially, is um, England or Wales especially, is, is, is 
is is huge. So uh, welcome, Bobby Ann. Hi, Philip. Hi, uh, se.omer1591. <laughs> Hope you're all well today. So, right, I will stop sharing my screen on Instagram now, but so on Instagram. No, your Instagram, your, <laughs> your YouTube on YouTube. Lisa, what did the Romans ever do for us, lol? Do you know, I've got that book. There's a book called, um, it, oh, was it Adam Hart Davis? You did this series and there was books to go with it called What Did the Whatevers Do For Us? I think there was a Roman one. There was definitely a Victorian one. What did the Victorians do for us? And it, and he went he went through kind of what what they did and what was, what we're left with. Um, it's a good, good, good couple of books. I've not seen him for years. Hi, Ali, how are you? Um... Yeah, I've not seen him for years. I wonder if he's still about, but his um his books are really fun. Right, so that was history in the news. And then we've got a couple of history anniversaries that I was going to talk about today, which I've got videos, as usual, uh, which I respond to on my um on my YouTube channel. The first one, hi Bobby. The first one, um, any of you live in Pennsylvania, any of you who are joining from America? Because it's the anniversary tomorrow, so the 4th of March um, in 1681, where William Penn, hiya Dave, how you doing? Hope you're well. Um, oh, Genesis, I've seen an episode about what the Tudors did for us. Oh, yeah, I think he did. He must have gone through the different eras. Um, yeah, yeah, I find that episode again, Jenna. Oh, Bobby, born and raised in Pennsylvania, right? So <laughs> you you may well know way more about this than than uh, than I do, but let me tell you a bit. So, fourth of March, sixteen eighty one, William Penn was granted a charter uh, of, of lands in what would become Pennsylvania. Twenty eight. Let me go through right. Twenty eight million acres of land. Sixteen eighty one is the reign of Charles II. So he he grants William Penn this land. William Penn, by the way, at this point is only 36 years old, 36 years old. And he becomes one one of the biggest landowners, um, certainly in sort of the Western world uh, at, at that time. Now, his father was another William Penn. So William Penn Senior was an admiral and he had he had funded the i didn't I, I i couldn't find out whether it's like the whole fleet or just part of the fleet but he'd funded so he'd fed them he'd he'd, he'd funded the admiralty basically and so charles ii owed him a massive debt he couldn't pay and so he granted william penn junior william penn senior died by this point the lands in um in america now why would william penn want these this land he was um he was born and raised in church of england but he became more and more disillusioned with the way that um the the, the church of england uh, uh yeah the way it was run how 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 the how it was um <laughs> he's not he's not giving up people um how uh, yeah sorry how how yeah how it was run um and so he and he he actually uh converted to quakerism so his vision was to set up a land where people could um practice their religion in whatever way they wanted now this this is where i don't know did he manage it don't know you maybe maybe you know more than me and you can tell me more about that but it is um but I think it's just interesting that so that's the that the anniversary of that tomorrow is is the granting of these lands to him. Um, and the other thing to say is that that do you know where? Obviously, it's a bit obvious where the pen of Pennsylvania comes from. But do any of you know where this? In fact, Lisa, you might know this with your recent uh, language achievements. Uh, where the Sylvania part comes from? Do any of you know that? I will tell you if you don't. But it's um it was something I didn't know before I looked up looked it up. I'm leaving you hanging now just to see if you know. Let me see. Oh Lisa doesn't know. Anyone else mind you, 
Well, you don't know the whole of the Latin language, Lisa. <laughs> well, it me it's basically uh, from the Latin um, uh, for Ips has got it for woods. Yes, yes, um, yes. It's for the Latin from the Latin for woods. Did any of you grow up playing with Sylvanian families, or got kids who play Sylvanian families? They're all woodland creatures, aren't they? So, yeah. So there you go. So Penn's Woods, I suppose. Penn's Woodlands, Penn's... don't know. But yeah, Pennsylvania. The other anniversary... Dave, you're just going to say that. I, I know you're well up on your Latin. <laughs> Jenna, yep, makes sense. Katie, yep, she knew it as well. Lots of mountains here. I grew... Oh, there, sorry, I grew up in the mountains. Mm. I I didn't. <laughs> I grew up in flat, flat, boggy. It's really boggy here at the moment, uh, England. But you know, I do love it. It is home. So uh, the other anniversary I was going to talk. Oh, Dave, not the Latin, the toys. Okay, I get you. Brilliant. When my daughter then um, became old enough to play with, because they're really tiny, aren't they? It's like if you love miniature stuff, you love Sylvanian families. So you have to wait till the kids are a little bit older. Um, you know, it's not they're not for toddlers. Uh, and then she wasn't really interested. So I just kept buying. But I kept buying stuff for Christmas and birthdays. And really, it was for me. And now I've got too much. I don't know what to do. It's all in the loft now. Waiting to hope for the grandkids that would be interested in playing with them. <laughs> um, so the other anniversary this week that I wanted to talk about, it's not till the 8th of March, uh, but it's uh, it's 1702 and it's, it's Princess Anne becoming Queen Anne. So this is the second daughter of James II, the deposed James II. Uh, to come to the throne. So James II was deposed during the Glorious Revolution. So he had converted to Catholicism, which was already a sticking point, to say the least. But it all came to a head when his queen gave birth to a son, which initially people, including Anne, um, and she stuck by this story, regardless of the fact that there was such little evidence for it that it was clearly um, propaganda was that the son was a changeling. Um, the boy had been smuggled in in a bedpan. The queen hadn't given birth to it. The, the, the baby that the queen had given birth to had been disposed of. Um, so, so this has brought it to a head and you have the glorious revolution in 1688 where, and James II flees to the continent. The, the English really government, cause we're not, we're not Britain. We, we, we're not Britain until um, the 1707, I think it is. Um, but the English government are kind of pulling the strings. They, anyway, they invite um, and this is already the the mechanism for this has already started. They invite the um, the daughter of James II, Mary II, and her husband William of Orange. And this is the, the, the well, William comes over first. He lands in Brixham. Anyway, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Cut a long story short. You end up with William. <laughs> a very long story short. You end up with William and Mary, joint monarchs on the throne. Now. Mary predeceases William, but there's um, there's no. Interestingly, William was William was also in the line of succession, but behind Anne. If he hadn't been married to Mary, but when Mary predeceases him, he stays as king. But he he dies after a riding accident in Hampton Court. The the, the environs of Hampton Court Palace. He's out riding his his um and his uh, his horse stumbles and he and he falls and he dies of his injuries so Anne becomes queen oh chewing gum every Thursday I always find out a lot of historical inf info that I never knew about coming into this stream thanks Philippa thank you chewing gum thank you so much um so so we end up with Anne um 
Uh, now, before I move on, I am going to give you another, if you're interested in this period, um, and if you're interested in the Tudors, um, I think rolling onto the Stuarts is, is, it will interest you. But there's this book by um, Anne Somerset, which is a tomb. Um, and it, it goes through Anne's life from, from early on. So you see how the build-up, um, that story that I was just telling you about, how James II converted into Catholicism becomes a problem, but how that builds. Anne's position in that, her take in that, on that, um, and then her actions. So James II seems genuinely hurt about his um, his daughter's, I suppose, betrayal. Um, and, uh, but, but, but Anne, Anne is, no, we're absolutely doing the right thing. She's staunch Protestant because when Anne is born and Mary are born, their uncle Charles II is still on the throne and, and he will not allow his brother's children to be educated or to be brought up as Catholics. They have to be brought up as Protestants and it works. They are. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so Anne, Anne's, Anne's grown up as Protestant. She's, she's in opposition to her father. Um, religion come, you know, belief has come above blood and, um, Anyway, so she becomes queen, but she's um, she she's she's almost too famous for being the queen who um, who had seventeen pregnancies and no surviving children. I mean, she had a son, the Duke of Gloucester, who lived to eleven years old. Um, although the portraits of him seem to show him um, sort of not not well as a as a younger boy but still you know he he lives till he's 11 years older tragically as well her first two children so as she goes on her pregnancies are very close together and she is increasingly unwell and and the babies are either stillborn or or die soon after birth but actually her first two children she had two girls were healthy they died of smallpox um, and the smallpox also affected her husband. But anyway, this had all happened by the time she she becomes queen. Um, now, the bit about that story I was going to tell you about was none of that, <laughs> actually. But anyway, I went off on one. The bit about that story I was going to mention was that at the time, Mary, uh, sorry, uh, William, so Mary's predeceased William, at the time William dies, James the... So, so James II, I mentioned he had this son, also called James. They're on the continent. James the um, uh, James the Second had died the year before William, but he had coached his son James um, in terms of who he should have on his council, who he should have as the head of his army, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He had given his son advice for for when he became James III of of England and Scotland and well it wouldn't have been James III of Scotland but um James the eighth by that point so James II has still a really strong belief that his line will end up back on the throne um and there's lots going on about will Anne invite James back over? You know, w w will he just come and become king? But um, in the end, no, we have uh, we have Anne as queen. We have then um, the Jacobite rebellions, um, which which continue and become um, uh, well, you've got so you then you've got James has a son called Charlie, Bonnie Prince Charlie. Anyway, the, the, so that line actually lasts for another two generations, um, but never successfully takes the crown. Of course, when Anne dies, it goes to the Hanoverians, who are I've asked the girls on History After Dark if we can do a room about the Hanoverians and basically what a mess <laughs> their relationships were. 
because I was good. So I'll talk about History After Dark now because I last night I should have been on History After Dark. If any of you join us, um, I know a lot of you do. If any of you don't, our History After Dark room is boundary-free chat about history. Um, so we it's boundary-free in terms of topics. It's boundary-free in terms of the language we might use. So it's not for the faint-hearted. That's what we always say. Um, now it's... Uh, Hi, my journalist. Yes. Oh, thank you very much. I was missed last night. So last night, the girls were talking about bad romance. Um, and this was a topic I was really looking forward to doing. So this is, um, in fact, I imagine on the stream, they used fruitier language than bad romance. Basically, where we've got absolute messes of relationships. Good morning, Colleen. How are you? Um uh, yeah, so last night, History After Dark was about bad romance. And thank you, Lisa, I was missed. I, I have massive FOMO, I have to say. When I have to miss when I have to miss um, History After Dark, I have massive FOMO. But if you haven't joined us there yet, and you'd like to, you'd like to dip your toe into that particular water, then you can go and follow us on Instagram. We're history.after.dark. And we are live every Wednesday at quarter past eight in the evening. Um, uh, but any of you who've just joined or have joined since the beginning, this isn't tea today. This is Lemsip because I am struggling. And last night there was nothing touching it. And I was, yeah, basically sneezing, blowing my nose or, or, or you didn't want to see it. Honestly, you didn't want to see it. I didn't want to share it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Not, not that I think you can catch it during, do you know what I mean? I didn't want to share my suffering. Oh. But yeah, so massive FOMO, hated missing it. Um, but I'm sure the girls did a fantastic job. And right, the reason I was also going to mention that is because I, so I'm going to ask the girls if we can do a Georgian room because actually the three relationships I was going to talk about all turned out to be Hanoverian based. <laughs> um, so we had, uh, I was going to talk about George I and the incredible hypocrisy of him and cruelty. Uh, Prince Frederick, who uh, bundled his wife uh, into a carriage um, while she was in labour just to make sure that she didn't give birth where her, where his parents could um, could could basically have their, their, the right of the king and queen was to see the, the, the one of the heirs being born. Um, so, um, yeah, so there was that one. And the other one I want to talk about was Henrietta Howard, who was a mistress of uh, of George II when he was Prince of Wales um, and, uh, and and then subsequently King George. Oh, thank you, Imaginist. I hope I, I hope I feel better soon as well. You know, sometimes I'm very good at kicking these very fast, but it came on really strong yesterday. Lisa says hot water, lemon, honey, apple cider vinegar good for sore throats and colds. I've been gargling. The kids laugh at me because I've been gargling with salt water, which I know is very good to like keep it at bay. But they're like, mom, because obviously, obviously I'm spitting, <laughs> which isn't very ladylike. Um, chewing gums, let's be honest, Thursday lunch gums aren't the same without these streams. Oh, thank you very much. Um, thank you. It's very, very, very nice to be here. It's very lovely to have you um, here with me week in, week out as well. And welcome anyone who's new and joined um, recently. So this is our meander through history. We've done some history in the news. We've done Dave Vodka Red Bull. Oh, God. I can't think of anything worse. Oh, I'm going to start sniffing. So sorry. Um, ah, yes, Elements of Bright. Well, Tracy, so Tracy Borman gave a talk on Henrietta. Yeah, she did for, um, I don't know which one you saw. So I saw the Marble Hill one. Um, thank you, Chewing Gums. Um, I'm sure I will feel better very soon. Uh, yes, uh, Elements of Bray, that's, uh, if it's, well, I, so that is where I got it from, was watching Tracy Borman's talk about Henrietta uh, and then going off and doing a little bit of uh, of research as well. But um, anyway, so hopefully we'll have, we're definitely, I mean, the Georgians are just a, just a, they're, they're ripe for a history after dark room, aren't they? They are, the Hanoverians were a mess. Their relationships were a mess. Oh, Kristen's Red Bull and coffee. Woo! I'm going to be on the ceiling. Actually, I have had a lot of coffee this morning <laughs> to try and get my energy levels up. 
just kidding. Oh no, I'm on it already. <laughs> What's about my lemsip? <laughs> oh, echinacea as well is another thing. Um, my journalist does warm whiskey and honey. Mm. Works, but you do get a touch tipsy. Mm. Oh, because when you've got a cold, you're more susceptible to alcohol. Is that right? Oh dear. Oh, Genesis, it definitely wasn't the same last night without me there. Yeah, I will kick it soon. I mean, I'm back today. To be honest, I wasn't sure whether I'd be able to do this today. If I would have been feeling like I was last night, um, this afternoon, I wouldn't have been able to do this. So I am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, after this, I'm going to rest everyone because tomorrow we have another live and it's the visiting Tudor Britain room. Um, it's going to be myself and Deb Royal. Sarah is off on her travels. Um, so it's usually Sarah, who's at the Tudor Travel Guide, um, myself, obviously, and Deb Royal, who is Tudor Times. And uh, we get together every Friday at four o'clock on Instagram to do a live to talk about a place to do with the Tudors in Britain. And tomorrow we are well, Deb's leading it. I'm going to host it. Deb's leading it. So you can see it on my channel at British underscore history underscore tours. And we're talking about Hardwick Hall, best of Hardwick. So um, Deb's going to be joining. Uh, sorry, Deb's going to be leading that chat tomorrow. So if you're around, if you're not, then you can catch up with it on my, it'll be on my Instagram. So you'll be able to catch up with that. Um, excuse me. Um, so, so we've done some history in the news. We've done um, anniversaries. So we talked about the granting of the lands in uh, which became Pennsylvania to William Penn. And we've talked about Anne becoming queen and the fact that the, the James line, the Catholic line, was still alive and well and wanted to come back. Uh, they were in exile on the, on, the, uh, on the continent. Now, do you know where the Jameses are all buried? Does anybody know? I shall tell you. <laughs> oh, it reminds me, we need to get on to my question in a minute, don't we? So the Jameses, <laughs> imagine it's the two Catherines are unsupervised, so they went a bit more rowdy than usual. I do feel like I'm the calming force. Yeah, yeah. I'll be mother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's funny. Um. So the Jameses are all buried in, do you know? In fact, this is going to be linked to our, oh, this is, this is linked to our question as well. Uh, they're all, they're all um, buried in the Vatican. St. Peter's. There you go. Oh, did someone just answer? Oh no, Chewing Gum says, imagine if Instagram was around during the Tudors, Henry VIII would probably upload some of his pretty decent food pics. Uh, can you imagine if Twitter was around in the Tudor period? Oh, propaganda machine, just ready and waiting. But Instagram, yeah, Henry's food, what I'm having for dinner. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Um, right, let's do. Oh, let me tell you, next week I'm going to be talking, because oh, I already know, because, you know, this is how organised I've managed to be. Next week I'm going to talk about the Rizzio murder, uh, because we've got that anniversary coming up. And... Henry's jousting accident. This is the 1524 one, not the 36 one, 24 one. I'm talking about that next week as well. Um, but for now, let's do uh just for fun question. So last week I asked, what did critics of Wren's uh mad journalist? Did you say buried in the Vatican? How? Why? Yes. Well, that well, maybe I'll go into that story. And, and another time as well yeah because they're obviously they're prominent catholics they're on the um uh they're on the uh no you didn't miss here they are in the vatican yeah i'll go into that story another time because that's that's interesting as well hi anandita over there in india how are you doing you're all right um lisa says henry be constantly looking at women's pics for future wives <laughs> Oh dear, can you imagine? Yeah, it's it's best that Instagram, it's best that social media and, and anything like it, oh, just scratch it off, was uh, not around when Henry's around. You wouldn't want to be posting just in case you caught his eye. Excuse me, everybody. Um, right, anyway, the question, the question, the question, the question. Let me, 
So what did I say? Oh, yes. What did critics not like about Wren's design for St. Paul's Cathedral or Wren's St. Paul's Cathedral? Um, and Dita, I am good, doing good, but I've been telling everyone who who, who will listen <laughs> that this is Lemsip today, not tea, because I'm poorly. Um, uh, Jenna, maybe because Westminster Abbey is part of the Church of England. Well, they didn't come back. Oh, I see what you mean. Joanna, yes. Joanne? Uh, sorry, uh, Jenna, if you're talking about the Jameses, yeah, well, they're they're in they're in France, then they're in Rome. So um, they, they never get to come back. Joanne? Yes, Joanne has got it. So the question, Janice also has it. Janice, Janice, Janice. <laughs> I'm, again, I'm so sorry. However, it comes out. Um, <laughs> my journey says he Henry be banned from Tinder. That Henry, bit like the Tinder swindler, is now. But for him, it would be banned for homicidal tendencies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't go on Tinder if what you're looking for is someone. Let's not go there. Henry the Eighth on Tinder. Oh God. Oh. Well, I wonder what his profile pic would be. It definitely wouldn't be what he actually looked like, would it? It he, he would have filtered that. He would have photoshopped it. He would, he'd be 20 years younger than he is. Oh, God. Yeah. What, what a thing that would be. Anyway, sorry, back to the question. Yes, what did critics not like about St. Paul's, uh, about Wren's St. Paul's Cathedral? And uh, and Joanne and um, maybe Henry, you know, the guy <laughs> <laughs> Joanne and Janice has got it sorry that just made me laugh Jenna maybe Henry could have helped that guy wanting a wife anyone who's just anyone yeah anyone who wasn't here earlier there was a guy asking for a wife in the comments because apparently that's all you need to do just ask well if you don't ask you don't get but I think maybe that's not the way to go about it um <laughs> chewing gum says Henry the eighth profile picture would just be a big roast chicken to be fair that could be my profile picture. I do love a roast chicken. It is my favourite meal. Um, the answer to the question was yes, it was too popish. It looked like the Basilica in Rome. It looked like St Peter's in Rome. And St Paul's Cathedral was Church of England. So it was not supposed to have a dome like St Paul's. Um, so that is indeed what critics did not like about it. So there you go. Good morning, Rennie. How are you doing in Michigan? Hope you're well. So this week's question, and I'll tell you the answer next week. Now this, 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 this question is based on another video I've got. Surprise, surprise. This is going to be a running theme, people. Um, it's about the, uh, the, 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 the real story about Rule Britannia. So Rule Britannia, I would normally obviously sing it for you, but my throat's not doing very well today. Um, ah, Jenna guessed it, thought it was the dome. Yeah, there is a story actually that, now I would need to verify this, but that, that the dome wasn't sanctioned at the time that the building work began. Now this was from um, a guide who showed me around years ago, that actually the, the dome had basically been told no you're not going to get to stick a dome on St Paul's you're not it's not happening but what this what the guide was telling me was the way it was built um so the building work had already begun you couldn't have just added the dome on top that the, the the architecture required you know the design required for having that dome needed groundwork yeah to 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 enable that and therefore Wren was building it for the dome to be put on even at the point where it wasn't sanctioned that was the story he told me like I say I haven't verified it um hello Ratif good evening from Pakistan hello good evening chai or tea loving country perfect have you got your cup of tea I have my lem sip today uh only because I need some paracetamol in blackcurrant form um 
so anyway, so this week's question, like I say, based on the real story behind Rule Britannia. So Rule Britannia is the rousing song caused lots of controversy in the last two years. Um, it's played at the last night of the proms. And I think in 2020 it was played without the words or they wanted to play it without the words. Um, Jenna says, watch the great Medici on Netflix. I really liked that. And you'll learn how they construct the dome. Hmm. Um, yes. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to sniff. I'm really trying not to. <laughs> um, yes, a rule protect. So I think it was, I think it was performed without the words or they, well, they wanted to perform it without the words. Now, so I did this video about the real story behind um, Rule Britannia um, because it's it's I think it's interesting how it actually came about. Um, chewing gum says you can still try to sing Rule Britannia. Let's be honest, however ill you're feeling, it will be much better than at least seventy five percent of singers these days. <laughs> it's kind of a choir requirement, though, isn't it? Rule Britannia. It's got to have a like. It's got, it's rousing, and that's part of its story. Um, it, it's, uh, oh, heard it at the Royal Albert Hall last year and it was amazing. I bet it is incredible when you hear it live. Like I said, I'm a massive fan of live music and I need to get out and, and see more. And I don't care whether it's big concerts, pubs, whatever. I, I am loving my live music and, uh, yeah, must get out and see more of it. Um, but yeah, so, um, the the sorry the question is about is about it but anyway I'll tell you a little bit more about it. so you can see my video about Royal Britannia because it was actually um it, it's the finale to a a mask or a, it was a musical really it was a, it was a performance um and it had been this is back to the Georgians again so this had been um uh, commissioned by Prince Frederick. And one of the ways in which the son, what happened with the Hanoverians is you've got the King's Court and then you've got a court with the Prince of Wales. And this seemed to happen down the generations. They split from each other and they ended up as rival factions. And one of the ways that they would, um, <laughs> the one of the ways that they would pit themselves against each other was, was the arts and, 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 and investing in the arts and supporting the arts. And Frederick had this, a musical commission and like I said I'll go into this more in the video but um Rule Britannia was the finale to it and the whole story was basically about King Alfred but it was about his his, his son being really the hero you know <laughs> a very unsubtle uh, uh story but um and and Rule Britannia was was the was was the finale now the what the Georgians did do well, this is a time of Handel and other composers, is recognised the way Tu the way the Tudors recognised um, the power of the visual. The Georgians recognised the power of music. Now we all know. I've been talking about live music all the way through this. We all know that live music, um, you know, it brings up emotions. It it gives you instant feelings doesn't it of, of whatever um people boxers footballers whoever um f1 drivers love my f1 as well you know you can see them listening to uh to their their playlists before they go boxing go driving whatever um to get them into a certain state of mind so we know that music does this and the georgians knew it now the georgians are a a German family coming over and um and, and 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 sitting on the throne. So um they had a job on their hands to be accepted. And one of the ways in which they did this was was the music. Well, this is where we get um God Save the King as well is written at this time. Um so anyway, have a little look at that video. I'll explain a bit more about it in that. It's called um The Real Story Behind Rule Britannia. Um, and the question is based, just a fun question this week, is based on that. And it is, on what occasion was Rule Britannia first performed? 
So if you watch the video, you'll find out and you can tell me next week. So on what occasion was Royal Britannia first performed? We've got a lovely chat going on in the in Instagram, in the Instagram comments about tea. Lots of different types of tea. Looks great. Oh. So there's the question for this week. So now I need to tell you. Oh, there's one. Uh, I'm going to tell you who has won the signed copy of Tracy's book. So this was the competition we had going to win the Private Lives of the Tudors that Tracy has kindly signed. And the 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 question, sorry, the the competition was based on the interview that I did with Tracy about female rule and power in 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 England and subsequently Britain. Um, and that closed on Monday. So before I get to telling you who has won that, there's a new reel that I've put out on Instagram and on YouTube Shorts. Although copyright copyright did me, which is fine. Doesn't matter. Um, it's still there. You can still see it about London Bridge. Um, it's also on Pinterest as well. I have started to populate my Pinterest. So yeah, about London Bridge and and it's there's um. There's a wonderful painting in the Museum of London. Now, I haven't been to the Museum of London since it's been on its new site, but um, I'm presuming it's still going to be on display. Uh, and it was it was painted before the Great Fire, so it's, um, it's sometime in the mid 17th century. Uh, and it shows it shows London before the. Uh, the city of London before the Great Fire of 1666, but it's got the bridge. Um, so I've put that on, but also when I was doing a, so a research visit on the Great Fire of London, I was looking for the uh, the grave of um, Thomas Farriner, the baker within whom's bakery the Great Fire began. And he he's supposed to be buried in a church called St Magnus the Martyr which is at the bottom of what is now Pudding Lane um anyway I didn't find his grave neither did the people who were there know anything about it however when I was there I saw this incredible model that I'm afraid now it's a few years ago, so I can't. I, I didn't take the name of, uh, of of the person who's created it, but the model is in Saint Magnus the Martyr of the of um, London Bridge. So the old London Bridge with the gate, with the heads on pikes um, to warn anyone coming from the uh, from the riverside, so the Southwark side, um, warning them what lay ahead if they didn't follow the rules. So all of that is on there. So there's so if you're on Instagram, check out that reel after we've finished here today. On YouTube, you can see that as a on my channel as well. It's on as a short. So yeah, check that out. That's quite I'm quite pleased with that one. Also, um, if you're a patron, I have just released the this week, no, not this week, this month's blog, and I'm talking about the Prince of Wales. How come it is that the English heir to the throne has the title Prince of Wales so I've gone back and explained because it was a Welsh title of course how that became the title of the English uh, the heir to the English throne obviously now subsequently British but it but it happened a lot earlier than that so that is the blog that if you are a patron you can go and check that out now all patrons from the um, upper class tier and, and above get the monthly blog you will also get access, early access to the new videos I'm doing. I'm a little bit later than I wanted to be with those, but I've got some really cool ones coming up. Um, so anyway, as patrons, you'll get you'll get early access to that. Also, if you're on the very upper tier, you've got the free. Um, oh, Joanne said, watch the reel and then the bridge model is very awesome, isn't it? That must have taken somebody just, I no idea how long that would have taken, actually. I, I see this is this is from someone who probably hasn't got the patience. I have never finished a cross stitch or a jigsaw. <laughs> so um so model makers, uh I'd I, I yeah. 
incredible. I think it's brilliant. And it, anyway, go and check out the if you haven't checked out the video, have a look and you'll know what John's um, say, talking about. Um, so uh, Chewing Gum says, I know this isn't really a history question, but what kind of bands or music do you like? Can't beat a bit of rock, in my opinion. I don't know if you were here um, when I said I've been to the Elkie Brooks on Sunday, but I'm a massive fan of the Eagles. I was saying that when Glenn Fry died, I couldn't listen to the Eagles for a full 12 months, and I'm not even exaggerating. I was absolutely bereft. Um, I like all sorts of music, seriously. I'm, I'm into pretty much everything except for dance that I think is a genre of music for people who aren't musical. And that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's controversial, but generally I find people who aren't musical listen to dance music. <laughs> hmm. Sorry if that's offended anybody, but that's just what I think. Um, so yeah, have a look at that. Oh yeah, so the patrons. So patrons on the um, monarchy tier, I know there's a few of you here, you have got the, uh, every month I um, send them a high resolution uh, image that's on sale in my shop but they get it for free. So that is also available. That's Kenilworth Castle. Uh, yeah, Kenilworth uh, this this month. So that's really cool. Colleen says, truth, Dave Ferry. Yeah, see? I, I mean, I love, I in fact, I'm thinking of getting my instruments back out, but I've said this for about 15 years. So I play clarinet and saxophone and I sing. That's easy. I don't need to get an instrument out to do that. I just need my throat to be working. And I've taught myself the piano. Um, so that I can sing actually because I love singing and the problem with playing saxophone and clarinet is you can't do that <laughs> and sing at the same time so oh right the thing I was going to mention as well there is a uh, so what I've decided to do is when a a video or something is older than 12 months that went to um, <laughs> that went to uh, at the patrons I'm going to release it once it's over 12 months old. So if you're a patron and you join, you've still got 12 months worth of exclusive content. Um, Bobby Ann, my son played violin and one, oh, and viola. They hate radio music. They tell me it's off key. <laughs> I, it's just my, my opinion. Uh, where am I based? Manchester? No. Manchester, uh, is further uh, north than me. I'm in Worcestershire. Imagine, love a jazzy saxophone solo though. Oh yes. Do you know what? The mouth musculature you require to play, well, to play clarinet, but to play saxophone. Now that's the bit I've lost. So I know that I can't just pick it up and go for it again. I'm going to have to build up the strength, which to be fair, at... Um, whatever age I am now I think it probably do my do my face a good <laughs> a power of good to uh to get um yeah to get it to get it uh, more strong um so the interview that is going to go live is going to be it's it's the one that I did with Matt Lewis, Matthew Lewis at Ludlow Castle. I've spoken to you, if you've been following me for a while, I've spoken about Ludlow Castle a lot. Matthew Lewis is a historian who has written uh, extensively on the Wars of the Roses, Richard III. He's also local to Ludlow Castle and his knowledge of Ludlow Castle is immense. So I'm that will go live to everyone on the 15th of March. So like I say, originally it was in the Patreon, but that is um, over 12 months ago now. So I will release it to everyone. But if you do join my Patreon, because I would love you to, you do get exclusive content for at least 12 months. It, and a lot of the stuff that's in there won't ever be made um, public anyway. So you are, uh, well, I think you're getting a good deal if you go over there and join me. You can also support me, of course, by um, buying me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Philippa, which lots of you have done. Lots of you have done. So I want to say a massive thank you um, to you for that. I very much appreciate it. And the, those of you who've joined me, uh, joined my YouTube membership as well, because um, it, it all helps. It all helps a lot. Um, so is that pretty much? We've done the job. Oh, I haven't told you who, who won the book. Right. 
the book winner is i'm gonna so i did a uh i did one of these things so you put everyone's name into a, a thing on the internet and it gives you a little a little um spinny wheel and the winner that came out is fernanda quiroz oh i'm sorry colleen it wasn't you this time Remember, anyone who didn't win this time, this Fernanda Quinoz has won this book. I will get that sent to you. If you're watching, email me please at office at britishhistorypause.com with your address and I will pop that in the post to you. Anyone who's missed out, don't worry, you've still got a chance to win the Heather Darcy book, Anna of Cleves, or Anna, Duchess of Cleves, um, sister, uh, beloved sister, the King's beloved sister, that's what it's called. Um, you'll still have a chance to win that. And um, and as uh, as we go on, every time I have a historian interview, um, I will have a book of theirs that you can win. The next one will be Gareth Russell's book, um, one of his books yet to be decided actually I'm not sure whether we decided I think it's the Catherine Howard one because I spoke to Gareth about the what we can learn I mentioned this the other week what we can learn about the downfalls of Catherine Howard of which he has written the biography of Catherine Howard um how we if we compare and contrast the downfalls of Catherine Howard and Anne Boleyn how we can learn about each of them from seeing the, the differences and the similarities between their downfalls. That is what his interview is about. Patrons, you got to ask um, him your own questions. I did. I put those to him and you will get that part of the interview exclusively on, on Patreon. And any of you who um, are patrons, want to join, you do get to... Um, oh. You, sorry, it's just cut me off on... Uh, on uh, Instagram, um, yes, you do get to um, to answer, ask your own questions of of the historians, and they are put to them. So, right, I'm carrying on on uh, on YouTube because for some reason Instagram have uh, have taken me off. So. Join me tomorrow for visiting Tudor Britain if you're around. I'm on, uh, it'll be on Instagram at my, on my channel, which is British underscore Tudor, no, British underscore history underscore tours. And we're talking about Hardwick Hall. Um, and then back next week for History After Dark on history.after.dark on Instagram. And we're talking about, we've got Julian Humphreys back with us. And we're, <laughs> we're talking about the, well, he's talking the A to Z of toilets. So, Join if you dare. I'm not sure what we'll be talking about. But for now, thank you ever so much for joining me for this Thursday Tea Time History Chat Live um, and keeping me company. I hope you have have had a nice hour with me and I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right. See you all really soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining. <laughs>